Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Sylvia Global Radio. You're listening to Devoted Moms with Tasha and Regina, an hour of engaging conversation for women who embrace the career of being a full-time mom. And Hi, Devoted Moms. I'm really happy to see you. I'm sorry that I have been absent for the last couple of weeks. Um, the first absentism, <laughs> um, I just couldn't get the technology to work right, but I know that Sylvia... Uh, and Tasha pushed, you know, pushed through and did our first part of our series on mental health and particularly how do parents help their children. And it was right, right after the uh, Boston bombing. Yeah. God, I'm, I'm, I just don't know how many more bombings we can, we can link. So, <clears throat> uh, and then last week, I'm sorry that I was away. And so uh, we actually did a replay of that same um part of the series. And so today we do series part two, um, where we actually have a mental health provider um, who's also a mom, and she's just going to share with us some of her wisdom. And so uh, first, Tasha, let's let's see what's going on in your world, what's, what's happening. You know, my world is going well. Um, you know, with my business, month end last month, April was the best Yay! month I've ever had. Yay! <laughs> Oh, man. I'm telling you, it's exciting when you build something. I kind of liken it to gardening when I first started gardening. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't all that fun, you know, planting and trying to figure out where everything was going to go. But when it really got exciting was that next year when everything bloomed again. And it was like all that hard work. And now they were blooming and they were even prettier than they were the day I planted them. And so that's kind of how I liken it to just kind of putting in the work for the team. And now it's really starting to pay off. So last month was really good, and then today I was I was all mom this morning. I had to take KJ to the dentist, and I think moms out there, I think I've told you about some of the experiences I've had with KJ at the dentist, and they have not been good. I mean, screaming, vomiting, the whole night. Yeah, but he's he's doing better now. He actually lets them put the gas mask on there, and he was able to breathe and relax. And we gave him a, some earphones. So um, so he did very well today. So I was very proud of him. So we're going to go to Best Buy. That's his, that's his treat for, for doing well. He loves to just go and browse Best Buy. So, um, so you don't have to buy anything? You no, not typically. And he has a little bit of money, so he said he might bring his money and look in the bin. You know how you can get those get some of the video games for, like, really inexpensive in the bin? Mm-hmm. So he might, you know purchase one of those for himself. But, yeah, he likes to just browse and look at TVs and listen to, you know, the microphone, play with the microphones. That's that's his thing. So, <laughs> boy. Well, you know, we found this dentist here. Apparently there's this, you know, this new um, boutique dentist thing going on. Uh-huh. And this is totally for kids, except for I right. actually had more, t- more fun playing the uh, Wii golf game. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't golf. It was uh, the bowling game. Oh, okay. So in the waiting room, there are two Wii stations. Um, in between the Wii stations is a an aquarium. Hmm. It's all kid friendly. Um, there's a separate wall in case kids are back there wailing out. Uh, okay. And <laughs> above each of the dentist chairs is a screen and the a dental assistant. And a movie. 
put little glasses on them. Oh, my gosh, it was wonderful. Yeah, and, we had that too. Yeah, and they were so, – I don't know what kind of training these dental assistants go through, but, man, they were so therapy. I was like, mm. wow, you are so in the right place. Um, so, okay, so you know the questions that all devoted moms want to know. Any cavities? Oh, yes. This was actually a follow-up visit from the one we had last time that said he had a cavity. He had to get a crown, actually, on his um, molar. So that's what we did because okay. it was on the back molar, which is going to be – that won't fall out until he's, like, 10 or 12. Mm -hmm. So they went ahead and put a crown on the back. But it wasn't as deep as we thought, so it didn't have to be a silver crown, which he was very nervous about. He did not yeah. want a silver crown. So it's white, so we're good. Okay, so that's good. Less than my day. <laughs> well, I got up this morning um, at about 2.40. Um, Poochie decides that she she's gone back to being an infant. I don't know what's up with this dog. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah, she wants to use the bathroom and switch beds. So, yeah. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, she's uh, might be back up for adoption to vote, Mom. Yeah, I'm not sure about this. <laughs> oh, love her, love her, love her, but I tell you what. Um, so anyway, so I ended up getting up with this burst of energy, um, and it's because I was so excited about today's show, and so mm -hmm. I actually went running. I yeah. haven't run in about five days, and so um, I got back out there and ran. I ran about like a, a mile. I actually went really? up to Carlos's house. Yeah. Oh, okay. Bammed on his door and pleaded for some water. <laughs> So I did some running this morning, then I came back, and uh, it's just beautiful here. I mean, the God is is working it out. Spring is oh, coming. Yeah. yeah. I do want to tell you, like, last week, I really had a good week. It was really full. Um, I want to give a shout-out to MROC, uh, Maryland's Recovery uh, Organization, uh, Connecting Communities. That is uh, Carlos Hardy at the helm there. He did okay. his launch on Friday. And Devoted Moms, we're going to talk some about connecting with the recovery community. There's lots of incredible individuals who um, are in recovery from addiction and mental health that we really want you to uh, hear from and maybe even join in as we work to create a better system for those who are still tr struggling in their addiction. And so <clears throat> he had a uh, preview of a movie that was created called mm -hmm. Anonymous People. And so if you want to go online and look up anonymouspeople.com, it, it's an awesome movie that just talks about 2 million people in recovery that we don't know about. Right. And if these 2 million people can step forward, uh, we've just got a greater chance for a healthier community. Mm -hmm. People who are active in their addiction have never seen folks who are 16 years in. Right. You know, and, and connecting them. And so you've heard, you know, my story and my um discussion or as an ally of the recovery community, uh, this was a really informative film, and mm -hmm. it's on a limited release, and okay. uh, if it comes out, we definitely will have it and talk to Greg Williams, yeah. the director. So oh, we did that. Yeah, we did that on Friday, and then on Saturday, I got to, um, I have a boy that I didn't birth, uh, but I got a chance to go and be on the sidelines of his flag football team. Oh, oh my gosh. He scored two touchdowns and pulled off two flags. Girl, I was through the roof. <laughs> I know you were the loudest one out there. Uh, the loudest? Mm, no. Yeah. 
maybe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah I was. I'm sorry. So um, Antonio just did phenomenal, and I understand it was his first touchdown, so you know. Oh, and you got to see his first touchdown. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So Gigi was elated. So it was a busy weekend. Um, you know, the girls are doing fabulous, uh, trying to still love track and hate it at the same time. Yeah, um, I know so, the feeling. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we um, have a, a track meet coming up um, on Saturday, and hopefully they will, you know, be a part of the group that passes the right. finish line. <laughs> um, but it's good. Life is really good right now. But I did miss you and I missed devoted moms the last couple of weeks. So um yeah, I don't I I uh really do want to bring Adrian into the conversation or Dr. Adrian. Okay. Uh, she is a mental health professional in uh Atlanta, Georgia. And so because technology is always interesting, um <clears throat> Adrian, I'm going to uh hold you up to I'm going to bring you in and actually Tasha, would you yeah. uh bring Adrian into our conversation. All right. Uh, we have Dr. Adrian Berry on uh, on hold, and she has just a plethora of experience in the mental health um, arena, specifically around um, children and families. And so um, as we continue this discussion, really on how us as parents can really be there and foster our children. And when we see something that just doesn't seem right and is out of our realm, that's okay. It's okay. Um, with people like Dr. Adrian who's out there that we can really go to and get their expert advice on the daily things that we can do for our children to be there for our children. So, and she is also a Tuskegee native and devoted mom. If you, if you know, both Regina and I, have roots in Tuskegee uh, as well as the university. And so, you know, just to be able to lock arms with somebody else from Tuskegee, another professional from Tuskegee, is always a great day. So, uh, Dr. Adrian Barry, are you there? Hi. <laughs> hey, there she is. How are you? Challenging time understanding. Um, so I apologize. I'm trying to listen very intensely. <laughs> Adrian, one of the things that um, that Tasha was just saying was that we have multiple connections, um, particularly out of the pride of the Swift Growing South, um, right, yes. also known as Tuskegee, Alabama. And so um, when Tasha and I were talking about trying to identify a mental health provider, mm -hmm. um, God bless Facebook, uh, I reached out to Dr. Adrian, uh, and I have to say, devoted moms, Dr. Adrian was one of those big girls that I used to look up to and want to be like and just, you know, just I just I was just like, Oh my God, there's Adrian and she was <laughs> she was Adrian, um, by another last name at the time. And so when I saw that she was doing mental health service, I was like, Oh, I hope she will be on our show. Yeah. So, um so now I have her on, uh she's on the line and so Dr. Adrian, can you tell us a little bit uh, what you've been up to since what I think the last time I saw you was 1985? Wow! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Give us the shortened version. <laughs> um, actually, I have worked in mental health now for a total of about 22 years in all. Started off in the school system and worked 
in the school system for 16 years as an elementary, a middle, a high school guidance counselor, and an assistant principal. But my background was in mental health, so I was always dabbling on the side. And what I realized, being in education but not being a traditional educator, was that the individuals in the schoolhouse did not understand my perspective as a mental health professional. So I was the one that was always at the table that knew about different diagnoses or different medications and how kids should be treated. And an educator's perspective tended to be that if children were given lunch and breakfast, that they should be able to sit in the schoolhouse and learn. And my perspective was different because I knew that if children were dealing with emotional issues or if they were dealing with some sort of trauma or loss or some other issue that was going on at home, whether it was an absent father or a drug-addicted mother, that they were not going to just be able to come to the schoolhouse and learn. So mm-hmm. I fought the battle for as long as I could, you know, calling myself Rosa Martin Luther Malcolm, and <laughs> for as long as I could, you know, I tried to get educators to understand from a mental health perspective that in order to educate the whole child, you had to treat some other issues. And right. so, uh, as fate would have it, God opened up a door, and I went into private practice full time in 2009 oh, because yeah. Um, yeah. I just felt like my services could be better served if I were concentrating on my mental health piece full time, mm-hmm. and then I consult um, still with education on a part time basis. And I, you know, wrote a book on how to help children prepare for college and that sort of thing. So I still deal with the school system, but it's just more important to me right now to deal with some of the significant mental health issues out there that I see a lot of children suffering with. Mm, Okay. Well, Adrian, one of the things that we really hope that you would help us figure out is, and I think we put it um, out there, uh, when is it that, you know, as devoted moms, we've decided that we are going to do, uh, we're going to enhance how we parent. What our what we experienced was one thing and was great. But we also would like to see about, um, you know, when when this child is just kind of acting and it's, and it's something that you've never seen, how do parents know the difference between, uh, developmental stage. This is just what they're doing right now, and mm-hmm. when there's when there's something else going on. Right. right. Good question. I, I always tell parents, and and I used to say to teachers that parents are the experts on their children. You know, a lot of times teachers tended to feel as if they were the experts, but it's really parents, and you have to. Go with your good instinct. A lot of times, we compare children based on, you know, what the research has shown as far as when a child should be doing certain things. And that just gives you a baseline. But you've got to know that children are just not the same. And so everybody doesn't typically do everything the same way at the same time. So, you know, research is good, but at the same time, you've got to pay attention to your own child. So with that being said, if you have a child that starts to exhibit something that's out of the norm of what you're used to seeing, so if you start to feel like your child is 
falling behind or exhibiting some traits and characteristics that are just not what you're used to seeing, at that point, I always say to parents, your first stop should be your pediatrician or to your general practitioner. Go and have a conversation with them about what your concerns are and what it is that you're seeing. And you have to be very, very careful because, unfortunately, a lot of doctors write a prescription. You know, and, and when I say write a prescription, I don't mean for medication. I mean in diagnosing a situation. Okay. I, I had an individual in my office earlier today and uh, whose son actually happens to be autistic. But she's going to begin the, the, the journey of therapy for her own healing. And one of the questions that she asked me is, how long does therapy take? And I responded to her and said that I don't write prescriptions. And by that, I mean that the journey looks different for everybody. So even when you're having a conversation as a mother about whatever your concerns are about your child, mm-hmm. you know your child better than anybody. And a doctor is there to help to start to identify what a diagnosis may or may not entail, but at the same time, don't let them fit your child into a box that might not be the right box for your child. Don't right. let them just, you know, prescribe for you even a medication treatment if you don't feel like that's necessarily what it is that your child needs. One, and one thing that I always say about medication is that before a child or anybody is placed on medication, they can make sure you've had some blood work done because if there is a chemical imbalance, it will be shown by a blood test. So okay. don't just walk into a situation and say, this is what my child is exhibiting, and then a medical professional say, Take this pill, it should make it better. You need to ask some more questions. Okay. That's a really great point. Um, Adrian, I think that one of the things that you're pick you're really giving us is sage and also permission for parents to advocate for what they know about their child and um not just accept what, you know, the doctor says. Because I think that, yeah, I think that you're absolutely right in saying you've got to advocate because you know your child. Um, And the pediatrician, you know, your primary physician is pretty much your first entree into um, what's next. Yeah, you know, after you have taken your child and, you know, you you go to a doctor and you're ruling out anything Mm -hmm. medical that, you know, may be going on with your child. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, your physician will then make additional recommendations to you. And I caution people, you know, I, I don't want to sound like I'm anti-education because, of course, I'm not. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a few initials behind my name. So it, it's not that I'm anti-education. It's just that an educator's training is very different from that of a mental health professional. I just right. can't affect the whole world. And so you have to be very careful even in going to the schoolhouse as you ask for support because they only have one perspective, and that is going to be how do we educate this child. They may not necessarily be looking at the other thing. So a lot of times I would have parents who had their children tested at school, mm-hmm. and that test is primarily to look for 
psychologist that is not going to just look for specific learning concerns, Right. 
situation where you have a parent that is not as participatory as you would like for them to be, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to really, really have to have those hard conversations. But sometimes, Regina, those conversations even have to be had by an unbiased third person. Right. Because sometimes we don't hear it from the people that are closest to us, mm-hmm. but we hear it from someone else, and they say, this is in the best interest of your child. Mm-hmm. Most people can, can embrace that because most people want what's best for their, their child. It's just that adults have to learn to get beyond their personal hurts and all of that mm-hmm. stuff and move themselves right. out of the way so that they can focus on the kids. Okay. And I tell you, I mean, that's like easier said than done because, I, you know, Dr. Adrian made a great point about we have these certain dreams and goals and, and a path that we think our children are supposed to take. And so if we stumble upon a mental health issue, something that we don't ever anticipate, um, then there can even, along with guilt, can be blame, especially if you're in a blended family or um, a co-parenting situation. Well, what did you do or what did we do or, you know, what did you do in pointing fingers to, you know, facilitate what's going on with our child? And and then, of course, then you go into a whole other bag of worms where you're not on the same page with, with helping your child. Um, if there are any devoted moms listening right now, They'd like to just email us, um, you know, if you can email us online, you'll see the email address. And just, you know, your questions are welcome. We'd love to hear, you know, what it is you're going through, what is going on with your child right now that you feel you need some direction or some help with, especially in in what Dr. Adrian just spoke about. Are you seeing something in your child that that your co-parent is not seeing or not wanting to see, and are you on different pages, you know, when it comes to their mental health? Right, right, right. Um, Adrian, uh, one of the things that um, Tasha just, you know, amened on, you know, you kind of pointing out that um, sometimes we feel like we want to blame someone or we, you know, are just feeling so guilty we want to take it off of ourselves. I think the other thing that we do, too, is sometimes you can move into an immobile, like where you're just hoping it'll go away, that this is a phase. Mm-hmm. Um, that if I love them a little harder or even if I discipline them a little harder, um, that that there's going to be a change. And so can you talk to us about uh, how do we manage the discipline side, particularly, you know, in my culture, you know, if a child acts up, then you need to correct them. Uh, and that comes in some real brutal ways sometimes. Right. And, uh, we've talked about discipline a little bit on the show in our particular philosophies, but I do know that as a child is acting out, um, depending on, again, how you are raised, you may go straight to, you know, let me get the correction stick out. Let me, you know, uh-huh. beat you into submission. Right. So, can you help us kind of think about discipline um and when it's really something that needs to be addressed by your physician or by a health care, a mental health provider. Yeah, you know, again, kids are different. We we have four. We've got one that graduated from Morehouse last year, one coming out of Spelman next month, this month, um, a junior in high school, and a seventh grader, three boys and a girl. Oh, my God. And my husband wow. Them as sun, moon, solar eclipse, and, and lunar eclipse because they have four 
totally different personality. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, one of the things that we have to be very intentional about is looking at our children's personalities different. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we try to make them fit into a box because, you know, quite frankly, a lot of it is learned behavior. It's what we went through. It's this is the way we do it in this house, and we don't deviate from this. And so right. how do you get a child who doesn't walk the straight line, and they start to kind of walk a zigzag line, and everybody else in the family is marching in a straight line. You're looking at that kid like, okay, what's going on with you? You're going to do what everybody else is told to do. So I think that, you know, it's really important, first of all, to always rule out that something medical is going on. If you feel like right. your child That's good to is hear. not yeah. performing or performing at a certain level because you, you've got to know your child, mm-hmm. you know, then you've got to go and talk with somebody to make sure that there is nothing going on medically that mm-hmm. is preventing this child from doing whatever it is that you feel like the child should be capable of doing. Right. Once you've done that piece, you've got to go Behaviors don't change with behavior modification. And, you know, a lot of times in the African-American community especially, we don't subscribe to therapy. It's just Mm -hmm. not something that we're comfortable with. You know, we're kind of raised that what goes on in this house stays in this house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. encourage you to not go and talk to other people when you really need someone to talk to. And as I say to people all the time, you got to get outside of the people in your immediate circle who typically co-sign on our foolishness. you got to go and talk to somebody <laughs> Say that again. Now, listen, Cece, that's the Adrian I remember growing up with. <laughs> Someone who says you got to get out of your foolishness. <laughs> yes, yes. We, we have. So, you know, once, once, once we can come to terms Not to know, um, but oh, yeah. I, but I think the other part is 
it's okay to listen to your inner spirit. Um, for Tasha and I, who've been doing life together, you know, through the ups and the downs, it's been helpful to have somebody say, you know, well, you know, I like it when you do this, but I don't know if it's that helpful if you do that. So we really on the show talk about creating a support system that can be honest with you, you know, because sometimes we don't, we want to see it um, or we see it from a skewed point. And so I think you're absolutely right that um, that parents need to know, you know something's more than just, oh, she's just acting up because she's, you know, pre-puberty and, um, you know, it, but right. she's parking out at every opportunity uh, and it's not getting any better. So, and, and, I, yeah, and I think it's important, Regina, for everyone to to, to realize, and, and I think I heard you use the word developmental milestone. One of the things that I used to stress to my teachers when I was an assistant principal and they would write up a child, and, <laughs> and typically it was going to be a young man, mm-hmm. and they were going to send him to my office and say, and this, this was going to be one of my middle school young man, and they were going to write up there that he was unmotivated and he was unorganized, mm. was not hopeless. And, and so I would get to the phone and I would look at it and I would bring the baby in and I would talk to the child and encourage them to be better and help them to figure out what they needed to do. And then I call the teacher in and I would ask them, do you know what the characteristics and traits are of a male who is in middle school mm-hmm. because being unorganized, being unfocused. I know some grown men that's got that same. <laughs> 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 that are Behavior. I don't mm-hmm. care what the diagnosis is. Okay. But at the same time, you 
something that is hormonal going on with my child. Uh, and I guess I have to try to give you the short version. Really. 
Okay, yeah, we but, got about two about two minutes. Yeah, my, my family has been in some storms. We, we've been in some storms for um, about the last year and a half that have included homelessness, joblessness, um, accident, health issues, um, peer pressure, anything that you can imagine we've been dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, especially my clients, and just, you know, other people, that it's our faith. Mm-hmm. And I ask people what your foundation is, because mm-hmm. your foundation is what gets you through when the storms come. And they're coming, they're coming, and they're coming back, and they're coming back again. And mm-hmm. so it's very, very important that everybody have a clear understanding of what their personal foundations are, Right. Convictions because that's what's going to get you through all of your storms. Oh, Thanks Dr. You. Adrian, thank you. Boy, you are a godsend. My God story is that we had Adrian on our show. <laughs> um, we want to learn more about how to get those books. And again, Devoted Moms, if you've got particular questions, we are hoping that this is going to be an ongoing series and you're going to hear. Um, more from Dr. Adrian. And Dr. Adrian, when you blow up, don't forget, you're from the pride of the swift growing south. <laughs> and so we hope you just continue to stay connected with devoted moms. God bless you, sister. And I just, I'm I'm really full um, right now. And so I really appreciate you. See, Tasha. Well, I, you and, I appreciate you and Tasha. And um, I, I am here and want to be a part because what I know for sure is that uh, a mother is really the backbone of the family. A father is the head, but the mother is the backbone because mm-hmm. everybody looks to the mom to support and uplift and inspire. And she has to do it not only for her children, but for her spouse as well and the community and her church and her sorority and everything else. So <laughs> we have to stay devoted and strong together. Oh, oh love it. words. Okay, Tasha, see you on the other side. See you on the other side. Bye, Devoted Mom. See you next week. Bye, Devoted Mom. See you next week.